Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, joining us right now, we wanted to switch the conversation over from politics to science because we can all learn something from looking up at the stars, particularly from brilliant people like our guest, Dr. Sabine Stanley, who is a Bloomberg Distinguished Professor at my alma mater, Johns Hopkins University. However, she does things that require a lot more knowledge than what I did years ago. Uh, she is in the Department of Earth and Planetary Sciences and the Space Exploration Sector of the Applied Physics Lab. She is also the Vice Provost for Graduate and Professional Education at Johns Hopkins. She's received a PhD in geophysics from Harvard, University of Toronto, astronomy, a postdoctoral researcher at MIT. She was, uh, I mean, there isn't anything this woman hasn't accomplished in her own field. And so Dr. Sabine Stanley has written a, a small book, a book that you can hold in your hand called What's Hidden Inside Planets that's very readable and really intended for the average person like you and me to know something more about the planets than we know right now. Dr. Stanley, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having me here. Sure. It's a pleasure. I have to ask you, because it's always fascinating to me, why did you choose this field? Uh, great question. So I like to think that it has to do with where I grew up. So I grew up in an impact crater. So the town is called Sudbury in Ontario, Canada. And 1.8 billion years ago, a giant meteor hit the surface of the earth, created a giant hole. That hole ended up being filled with materials from deeper inside the earth and became a mining town. And so I grew up in this place that was just screaming planetary science to me all the time. And even though I don't think I understood the significance of the town while I was growing up, I think my subconscious absorbed it. And that's really kind of why I got into planetary science. That's incredible. And, and was there an awareness of everybody in your neighborhood that you were in this special kind of place that had stuff from the earth that needed to be examined? I mean, everyone understood that it was a town that was rich in resources that were being mined. But I don't think, at least I didn't understand that the reason that Sudbury was like this because was because this giant meteor had hit the surface of the earth so long ago, creating this environment. And I didn't know at the time that, for example, the 
the meteor is like the third largest on the planet, right? So it's a really big meteor crater. And, and so it's really interesting now, you know, when I go out, go and see my colleagues, the geologists and stuff like that, and they ask where I'm from, and I say a tiny town, northern Ontario, called Sudbury. They've all been there. <laughs> They've all oh. studied things there. They're like, oh, yeah. Have you seen wow. the shatter cones on the rocks over here? So it, it's really quite fascinating to see, to realize that I grew up in this sort of geology nirvana, really. So it's quite interesting. What I'm interested in, Dr. Stanley, is that you're looking down, but I'm thinking of you as looking up. So can you explain the relationship of why the geology yeah. of the Earth's surface and the meteor, how that relates to your fascination with the stars? Yeah, great question. I think we have to remember that Earth is a planet, and so looking down is really just looking inside the Earth. And I'm really interested in the insides of planets. So I can either look down inside the Earth or I can look out to the stars or look out to the planets that are in our own solar system and ask the question, what's really hidden inside of them? And that's really kind of where my passion is. That's really amazing. So you're interested in the core of the inside of the, of the orbs that are Earth itself and the planets that surround Earth or, you know, planets in the solar system. Yeah, that's right. So the reason I'm so interested in, for example, the core. So let's take Earth, for example. We're used to kind of the rocky surface that we live on. And the rocks kind of keep going for about 2,000 miles below us. But then you hit the iron core of Earth. And in the iron core is where our magnetic field is generated. So we have this beautiful giant magnetic field that surrounds the Earth, and it protects us from these really high-energy particles that come from the sun. It's really one of the reasons that Earth is such a nice habitable place for humans. And so I'm really fascinated in that process that creates that magnetic field that does so much for us here on the surface of Earth. So at the core of this Earth, so if I was to drill down 2,000 miles, I would get to what, the other side of a magnet? So if I think about a magnet, a magnet is pulling something towards metal. You're saying the core, like the, the receptor is in the middle of the earth and the magnetic field around the earth is, is, is the other piece or no? So, so great question. Uh, so the shape of earth's magnetic field looks a lot like you have a bar magnet at the center, but the reality is very different. So what's going on deep in the earth uh, is a dynamo process. And it's the same process you have familiar, familiarity with if you, for example, have a home generator or if you have a bike light that gets energized from your pedaling. So basically, uh, in your bike light, the motion of your pedaling creates an electric current that lights up your bike lamp. And in the Earth's core, it's the motion of the electrical conductor, the iron in the core, the motions that happen there actually can create electromagnetic fields. And we experience that as the magnetic field that surrounds us. Is the magnetic field that surrounds us, is that why not? I'm being very oversimplifying, but is that why we have gravity? Is that why we stick to the earth? So, no, it turns out, no, gravity and magnetic fields are kind of two different forces that we, uh, that both help us and keep us kind of safe on the earth, but they do very different things. Gravity helps us stick to the surface of the earth the magnetic field shields us from the high energy particles that come towards the earth. Oh, okay. Because when I think of magnetic fields, I think of magnets and I think of the Yeah, pole. I totally get that. You know what I mean? So that's yeah, why I thought about yeah. gravity. So that's why I think no, about it's, that. No, it's a great, yeah, it's a great reason to think that. I think uh, the magnets that you're used to experiencing, like let's talk about fridge magnets, right? Yes. Fridge magnets hit the fridge um, and they're attracted to it. 
um, but they're really strong. The magnetic field that's created inside the Earth, it's pretty strong down there. By the time it gets out here, it's fairly weak. It doesn't have, we don't, for example, notice it walking around all the time. Okay. Now, it turns out there are some animals out there in, in, in our lives that do have a way of sensing magnetic fields. They use what's called magnetoreception, for example, to navigate and so forth. So there are some creatures out there that sense the magnetic field and can use it as like a beacon for things. But we really? as humans don't really have that possibility. That's amazing. Does that explain why the elephants went on high ground before the typhoons? I don't think so, but I have I don't have enough knowledge to, to let yeah. you know. If you know what I'm true. talking about, like that big that big. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Where all the animals sensed something was going on, and they all went above ground before people even knew what was happening. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah, yeah really it wouldn't surprise me. You know, animals their senses are different than ours. Doctor Sabine Stanley is with us about what's hidden inside planets. Is what's hidden inside Earth's planet the same as what we believe to be hidden inside Mars? So great question. So it turns out that of all the planets in the solar system, the four closest to the sun, so us, Mars, Mercury, and Venus, we're all kind of like the rocky planets. We have a lot of similarities of what's going on inside. Now, Mars is much smaller than the Earth. It's about half the size of the Earth. Um, but it, too, has kind of like a rocky mantle, the, the outer part of the planet. And then about halfway down, you get to an iron core. Now, on Mars, Mars doesn't have a magnetic field. So its core is not creating these beautiful magnetic fields to have, help protect the surface. So that's one big difference between Mars and the Earth. Oh. So is, I want to hear more about this Earth's magnetic field. You say it keeps out harmful things. I mean, mm -hmm. is, the mag, is the magnetic field, is that our sky? Is that what that is when we see sky? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. No, so the sky is really atmosphere. It's particles in the atmosphere. But the magnetic field, you cannot see. It's an invisible force to us. You can detect it if, for example, you have a compass, right? So there are yes. ways we can know about the magnetic field and learn about it, but we can't see it. But the way it protects us is that uh, when you have high-energy particles coming from the sun or from deep space, they're moving really fast, they have charges, and as soon as you have something like an electron, something that's charged, uh, it has to interact with the magnetic field in a very specific way. It has to spiral along the magnetic field line. So if you imagine that you've, you know, you've got a hose and you're, you're like spewing out water out of the hose, if you were to put a magnetic field in front of that hose, um, and the hose was made of electrons, the electrons would all have to go around the magnetic field. It wouldn't be able to penetrate through the magnetic field. So it really is like this invisible shield that surrounds us. And so, and so what happens to stuff that hits it? Does it dart back out into the galaxy someplace? It like boomerangs? Where does it go? So actually, the, the 
particles from the solar wind that end up getting close to the magnetic field lines, they spiral along them. So it's almost like they've hooked onto the magnetic field line and they do these little circle patterns. And so they travel along the magnetic field lines. And if you look at the Earth's magnetic field, there's only two places where it gets really close to the surface, and that's at the poles. So near the North Pole and the South Pole, those spiraling electric electrons um, get very close to the surface, but before they hit the surface, they hit our atmosphere. And we have particles in our atmosphere that are then getting bombarded by these electrons, and they give them these energy spikes. And those energy spikes, they eventually calm down and they release light. They release photons. And that's why you get these beautiful aurora that you see yeah. in the polar region. Yeah. So the green flashing lights, for example, that's because of these high-energy particles spiraling along the magnetic field lines and basically running into our atmospheric particles there. We're chatting with Dr. Sabine Stanley. Dr. Stanley, from your research about what is buried in the earth, in this rock, in this core, does our earth already contain the elements necessary for us to solve, for example, our energy crisis in a, in, a, in a way that isn't so polluting? In other words, we're already taking out oil. Mm. I mean, that's from our core. But we know that burning that has been very destructive. I mean, are there solutions that you see that are pretty obvious to you as a scientist in which we could extract things in a way that is more beneficial to the planet? Yeah, absolutely. So there are other ways that we can get energy, and some of them are from the inside of the Earth. So, for example, geothermal energy, there's heat inside the earth and and there are places on earth where using geothermal energy can help power things without being destructive to our environment but i think one of the the biggest um unused resources is really the sun so energy we get from outside our planet the sun uh can be converted to energy and that's what happens with solar panels for example and, and so we need to do more of that we need to have ways to um harness these almost free energy sources that come to us from the sun for example Wind power, right? Wind is free to us. We don't have to do anything to create the wind. Um, and using those types of energy sources, I think, are going to be key uh, in order to uh, move us to a, a really sustainable way of surviving on this planet. When you are, you wrote this book called What's Hidden Inside Planets, uh, and you're doing your research all the time. What do you think, I as a layman, what do you think that you want people to know that would be so surprising to us to know about what's inside our planets. Yeah, so I'll give you one example. So we're so used to materials behaving a certain way on the surface of the Earth, right? Take helium, for example. So helium you might have uh, known if you tried, tried to get balloons for a birthday party and stuff like that. So helium on the surface of the Earth, it's a gas, um, it floats, right? It, it's very light. But if you go inside planets, every time you go deeper in a planet, your pressure is increasing, your temperature is increasing, and materials can behave so differently when temperatures and pressures are high. So, for example, inside Jupiter and Saturn, these giant gas ball planets we have in the outer solar system, they're made of mostly hydrogen, about 75% hydrogen, about 25% helium. And in the outer parts of them, yeah, they're a gas, just like on the surface of the Earth. But as you go deeper in Jupiter and Saturn, the hydrogen actually becomes a metal, and the helium no longer wants to play with the hydrogen, so it actually rains out of the hydrogen. So you get this helium rain that can happen inside a planet. Similarly, in Neptune, you can get diamond seas in the deep interior with diamond icebergs floating on them. 
So it's just completely different ways of experiencing the materials that were that how they behave on the surface of the Earth. So I really love exploring that in other planets. Is there any oxygen whatsoever in in Jupiter? Because I'm thinking if it's all that hydrogen and oxygen, do they have any water over there? So, yes, so there is oxygen in small amounts in Jupiter, and there is water inside Jupiter as well. Uh, it's in, again, it's going to be a little bit different than the water we're used to here on Earth, right? So maybe there's some water vapor in the atmosphere, but as you go deeper and deeper, the water, the H2Os in the water, are they going to combine with other materials there and just behave very differently than what we're used to here on the surface of Earth? Dr. Stanley, to what do you attribute your your familiarity, your understanding with science? In other words, what was the best education that you got that set you, I'm talking about in a foundational way, towards mm-hmm. this life of, as a scientist? Yeah, to be honest, it was actually probably music. So I music. grew up as a musician, yeah. Uh, in high school, I had this amazing music teacher, and I think he really taught me not only music, but the love of teaching the love of exploring something. And I really think musicians and artists have a very similar process as the scientists. We have to be very focused on something. There's lots of kind of perfection and depth into something, but it's also an incredible creative process. And so I think the, the, the daily work of an artist and a musician is very similar to a scientist. So I like to think that um, that was kind of my first real inspiration to go into science. What did you play? I played piano, saxophone, and oboe. Very interesting. So the fingers and the mouth, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole, wow. Do you still play? Yes, I do. That's very beautiful, Dr. Stanley. That's really something. Have you ever wanted to be an astronaut and go up in space and see these planets yourself? So I happen to be a lover of uh comfort, I guess you can say. So it's a little terrifying to me to think about going up in space where I have to like wear a spacesuit and yeah. no terrible force for you, and... right? Not the G force. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to have your body thrown right. around in a capsule. Not my look okay. So okay. Yeah, not my thing. I don't even like roller coasters. So Yeah, me neither. Me neither. All right, but listen, I mean you could be one of these people, you know, down on the ground in NASA, you know, that reads out the reports and speaks to the astronauts. Have you ever thought of working there? And doing that. That would be lovely. Yeah. Yeah, that would be lovely. Talking to astronauts in space. I'd love that. Dr. Sabine Stanley, the book is What's Hidden Inside Planets. Thank you so much. And are you living in Baltimore now? Are you at Hopkins? Is that where you are? I actually live in D.C., but I work at Hopkins in Baltimore, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's my old hometown from a long time ago. I graduated there, but, you know, it was 1981. It was a long time ago now. But I love it. That's amazing. Hopkins is a great place. Love it there. Love it, love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Stanley. Thanks so much for your contribution to the world of science and for coming on today. Thanks so much. This was fun. Pleasure. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 